Our scripture this morning will be Acts chapter 8, we'll begin in verse 26. Acts chapter 8, we'll begin in verse 26. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, rise and go toward the south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert place. And he rose and went, and there was an Ethiopian court official of Candace, queen of Ethiopia, who was in charge of all her treasure. He had come to Jerusalem to worship and was turning, seated in his chariot, and he was reading the prophet Isaiah. And the spirit said to Philip, go over and join this chariot. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading Isaiah the prophet and asked, do you understand what you are reading? And he said, how can I? someone guides me. And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Now the passage of scripture that was reading is this. Like a sheep, he was led to the slaughter. Like a lamb before his shears is silent, so he opens not his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who can describe his generation? For his life is taking, is taken away from the earth. And the eunuch said to Philip, About whom I ask you, does the prophet say this? About himself or about someone else? Then Philip opened his mouth, and beginning with this scripture, he told him the good news about Jesus. And as they were going along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, See, here is water. What prevents me from being baptized? And he commanded the chariot to stop. Both went down into the water, Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized them. Let's pray. Father, thank you this morning that we have your word. Thank you for our pastor who will preach this morning. I pray that you give him wisdom as he speaks. Father, that your word would change us today. I'm reminded that. In Luke, it said, blessed are those who hear the word of God and obey it. May that be us today. Encourage us. As my brother said in Sunday school, put some legs to those words. May we do that. Put legs to your words, to our faith that you have given to us. Bless us, O oh Lord, and change us today. Amen. The past few weeks we've been going through a series on spiritual gifts, and this next few weeks is really just a continuation of that because one of the gifts that the Spirit gives to us is the gift of evangelism. And how the gift of evangelism works is simple. You tell someone about Jesus. Tell them the gospel. It is not only a gift, it is a command. It is a privilege and a duty for us to tell others about Jesus. 
We've talked about how each of us are gifted with certain gifts. I didn't tell you which one because the most important gift that you've been given as a believer is the gift of the Holy Spirit himself. And the Holy Spirit works through us and for us to help others worship the Lord and come to know the Lord. When Paul was writing to Timothy, he didn't tell him, use the gift of evangelism. He said, do the work of the evangelist. And so each and every one of us are called upon by the Lord to share our faith with others because it is the only hope that they have in this life, in the life to come, whether they know that or not. And so we're beginning this Who's Your One ministry. We, we've had in our community groups classes on evangelism. We know that we're supposed to tell people about Jesus. We know that uh, we're supposed to be evangelistic, and sometimes it becomes a little scary and overwhelming. You think about, well, I'm supposed to do this, but you don't know how, and you don't know to whom you're supposed to speak. And so the challenge that we're going over in the next few weeks for each and every one of us is this. Who is your one? Who is one person that you know, friend, family, co-worker, whoever it is that you have contact with that you would like to know that you would like for them to come to know the Lord. And our goal over until we die, until year one, is brought safely home to Christ, is pray for them, look for opportunities to witness to them. And, and even if it's not you who are able to witness to them, that someone else will. But the goal is for you to tell them about Jesus and the hope that you have. So this morning I want to look at an example of this one person, how much difference a, a single person can make. In the next few weeks we're going to go over evangelism and how it's done. So we're going to call this, As You Go, Make Disciples. And so in this passage, Philip is actually almost certainly leaving Jerusalem because he's been kicked out due to persecution. There was a persecution that broke out in Jerusalem and the Christians were scattered everywhere and as Philip was going along his way, a day like any other, the Holy Spirit speaks to him and says, you see that chariot? Go over there. <laughs> now, the first thing I want to point out is that the Holy Spirit is not just going to speak to you audibly and say, hey, you see that car over there? Go over there and talk to that guy because chariots were the cars of their day. But the Holy Spirit will, without doubt, place undeniable opportunities for you to share a witness about Jesus Christ. And one way I know this is because when I say to you, who's your one, you will think in your mind about people you know that don't know Jesus, that God has put in your way and in your life, and you are concerned for their soul. And so you begin to think, how can I tell this person? That is your person in the chariot. You speak to them about Jesus. Who else would do it? Why are they on your heart? Listen to that. Think about that. Tell them about the hope of Christ, which is in you. You don't need an audible, audible voice from the Lord to know who these people are. You already know. And listen, this is important. And I'm not trying to scare you. I'm trying to tell you exactly how it is. You might be the only witness between them and a Christless eternity. You don't know. You could be the only one standing in the gap between them and a Christless eternity. It's on you. 
Now, the Lord Jesus Christ has promised that he will go with us to the end of the age. He will never leave us nor forsake us. He has promised that he has given to us the Holy Spirit himself, and it, the Holy Spirit has been gifted to each one of us. We will not go along, but we must go, and we must stand in the gap. We were reading in First Thessalonians the other night in, in prayer meeting how Paul says that Timothy is a co-worker of God. We spend a lot of time talking about how are we co-workers with God? He is sovereign. He is the king. But in these instances where we speak the gospel to others, we are co-workers with God, bringing about his will in the lives of others. Jesus said, go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. And the word there, go, in Matthew 28, is actually a participle. Later on, if you're not an English major, you can look up what participle means. It means, while you are going, Jesus said, or as you go, make disciples. And as you go to work, as you live at home, as you do the things you do, make disciples. Make disciples is the command. Going is assumed. You're going out there, you know people. One person. One person. What difference can you make? Like Philip. This is guaranteed. Like Philip, as you go, you will have opportunities to share your faith. And so the Holy Spirit will present opportunities to you just as he did to, uh, to Philip here. The only thing that's unusual about this is that the Lord speaks directly with Philip and tells him to go up to the chariot, and he goes. You're going to be presented opportunities just like this. So the second thing you need to realize is that you need to be prepared to explain and you do not need to be afraid. So Philip does what the Holy Spirit says. He goes over to the chariot, and what is this guy doing? He's reading the Bible. And not only is he reading the Bible, he is reading a messianic passage out of Isaiah. Now you think, that is a home run and easy if I've ever heard it. Is it? Listen to what he read. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb is silent before his shearer, so he does not open his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who will describe his generation for his life is taken from the earth? Could you get people to Jesus and the cross from this passage? I believe you could. I believe you could take this passage and lead someone to the Lord. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb is silent before its shearer. We know that as Jesus was on trial and being accused of many things, that he did not open his mouth to say a word, and it so shocked Pontius Pilate. He said, are you going to say nothing in your defense? Do you not know I have the power to release you or to have you killed? And Jesus finally spoke and said, you don't have any power over me other than what my Father has given to me. Jesus didn't open his mouth or say a word when he was on trial for his life. He was there patiently and in humiliation, bearing the sin of the world. Justice was denied him because there was no justice in what happened to Jesus. He was murdered out of spite and jealousy. And who will describe his generation for his life was taken from the earth? He had no children. He had no home. He had no wife. He was taken and died. So who will speak for his generation? In fact, if you go on to read in this passage from Isaiah, it says that his children are numbered like the stars in the sky because Jesus' children were not just physical children born from him, but each and every one of us, as we are born again, become children of God. 
be prepared to explain, but do not be afraid. People need, the person in your mind or the person, people need a guide to Jesus. They need to know how to get there. They have sin, they don't know what to do with it. They have problems in their life and they don't know where to go. They are just living and doing the best that they can with what they have and they don't know Christ. They may put on a good face. They may have nice pictures on Facebook. They may have a very well curated uh, family pictures on Instagram, but on the inside without Jesus, they don't have purpose and don't understand how to be right with God unless someone guides them. As Philip comes up to the eunuch, he says, do you understand what you're reading? And what did the man say? Philip had the opportunity to explain. The Bible also says in Romans 10, how will they know unless someone explains it? How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news. How will they hear without a preacher? And that's you. It's not only my job to be a proclaimer of the gospel, it's yours. And you have one. One person. That's all we're asking to think of one person you can share with. You can share with more as opportunity presents itself, doesn't mean you're locked in with only this one person, but this one person that is on your mind, that is the one we want you to share with, like this Ethiopian eunuch. It is good that Philip was there because eunuchs were outcasts there in, in Israel in some ways. They couldn't go into the temple ground because of how they were. He might have thought that God would not have loved a person like him. But Philip comes to tell him that Jesus has come to die and to save all men, all women. Anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And there's a beautiful scene there where they're going on the way. And the eunuch says, there's some water. What you need to be baptized. Philip says, stop the coach. Stop the coach. Don't be afraid. Do you know what the gospel is? Do you know what the good news is? If you don't know what the good news is, how can you be saved? If you do know what the good news is and you are in Christ, then you know enough to tell somebody else how to be saved. And that's all there is to it. You know, you should know, if you are a Christian, that you are a sinner who needs the grace of God. And not just that you have sinned, but you yourself were altogether unworthy to go to heaven because of a thing that you have done in your life. You know this. They need to know this. That Jesus Christ was sent by the Father who loved us so much he gave us his Son that if we would only believe in him, we would not perish but have eternal life. You know this. The only way to heaven is through Jesus Christ who died for our sins and on the third day rose from the dead. You know this. You can tell them this. There is no way given by which we can be saved except through the name of Jesus. And if his people won't tell others about Jesus, who is going to do it? We can talk about spiritual gifts like mercy, administration. We can talk about uh, gifts of pastoring. We can talk about gifts of prophecy and think about all of those things. But when we peel it all back, here's the thing. The, the time when you need courage and bravery and to be a child of God is when you're sitting there knowing that these people need to hear about Jesus and you are the one to do it. You empowered to do it. You given the Holy Spirit. You given the commission. 
to tell someone about Jesus. I told this story before because I love it, and I'm going to tell it to you again. It is a crazy story. So this guy comes to Jesus who is in a motorcycle gang for real, real motorcycle gang, riding colors. I can tell you about it later because he told me all about this stuff. There's this entire world of motorcycle gang stuff and etiquette that I didn't even know existed. Anyway, this guy comes to Jesus. He says, hey, I want you to go to breakfast with me. This little greasy spoon. Some of my motorcycle gang buddies are going to be there. And I just want you to meet them and talk to them. I was like, okay. <laughs> Good. So there we go. I'm sitting there eating my eggs like, hey, big guys with leather and Harley. I'm the preacher. So, you know, they're sitting there being nice to me. And something comes on TV, some disaster had happened. And the whole time I was praying, Lord, how am I going to share the gospel with these people? What am I going to do? And so something comes on the television, and it was a disaster. Some, somebody had done something bad. And one of these motorcycle gang guys goes, I don't know what in the world's wrong with the world today. And it was like the Spirit of God lit me on fire. And I said, Brother, if you want to know what's wrong with the world today, I'm going to tell you. It's me, it's you. And I just told them the gospel, that the reason the world is the way it is is because we've all seen and fallen short of the glory of God, and each and every one of us has gone on our way. We are steeped in selfishness, and when we speak, we don't speak words of kindness and love, but the poison of snakes is on our tongues. This is straight from the Bible. And I told them that the only way that this place is ever going to get any better is if we repent of our sins and trust in Christ as our only turn ourselves over to the Lord. And then I, I just went back to eating my eggs after that. <laughs> what do you do? I didn't have an altar call in the greasy spoon, but I kept in touch with those guys. And at least one of them is still serving the Lord to this day. But you will have opportunities. The Lord will put people in your path. Unexpected ways. Just tell them about Jesus. You sitting down at lunch with someone you know is lost, Enjoy your conversation. Enjoy your food. Do what you have to do. But the entire time you're there, you should be thinking, Lord, if not now, please open the door for me to share with them the only way they can be saved. Please help me to help them. Let me be their God. There is no way when Philip woke up that morning he could have known what this day would mean for him and certainly didn't know what it would mean for Candace's treasurer to a man who had traveled many, many miles to go to Jerusalem to buy for himself a scroll from Isaiah only to be on his way home to read it and not understand what it said. He had no idea. Philip had no idea. You have no idea. The difference it will make in your life and in theirs when you tell one person about Jesus who you love, who you know, who is your friend, and if their life is changed by Jesus, asks the question, what keeps me from being baptized? There is a textual variance here between what keeps me from being baptized and stop the coat, and it is this. Philip says, if you believe, you may. And the eunuch in that manuscript says, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. And then Philip says, stop the coat. What keeps people from being baptized is faith in Christ. And how will they know this faith unless you tell them, you tell them, 
Remember Jesus up on the hill looking at all these thousands of people, five or six thousand, seven thousand, two different times. And the disciples come up and say, look, the people are hungry. They're out here in the middle of nowhere. It's hot. Let's send them home from this country. And what did Jesus say? You feed them. You feed them. They didn't have any bread. They said, Lord, we got two fishes and two loaves. Jesus said, that's enough. Hand it to me. He starts breaking the bread and the fish, and he hands it to who? The disciples. They go feed the people. This is what the Spirit of God says to us this morning. You feed them. You tell them. God has been so generous to us to give us His Holy Spirit, to give us His Word, to give us good Bible studies, Sunday school teachers. We've been studying together, some of us, for a decade. You know about Jesus. Now you feed them. Take this Word which has been given to you and give it to others. Do not... Do not be like the one who was given the one talent who buried it in the sand. Give it away. What keeps them from being baptized? Faith in Jesus Christ. We do a lot of complaining about what's wrong with our city, what's wrong with our country, what's, where's our country going, what's wrong with our world. We know what's wrong with it. It's lost. If you don't have Jesus, the best thing you can do is accumulate for yourself money and ease in this life. Eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we die. But we know better. The only way it's going to change out there is if people like you start telling others about Jesus. That's the only way it's going to change. So take assessment of yourself for a moment. I'm asking you for your own sake, for the sake of the world. How are you serving in the kingdom? Maybe you're not teaching. Maybe you're not volunteering for anything in church. Maybe not the nursery or anything. And maybe you are in there. That's good. But you know what you must do? If you don't do anything else, you got to tell somebody about Jesus. You got to tell them the hope that you have. You must tell the gospel and you must desire to tell people the gospel. If the desire is there but fear overcomes, you pray the Lord will lift that spirit of fear. Perfect love casts out fear. You love that person so much you think, I've got to tell them about Christ. If you saw one of our children walking out in the street in a car coming, would you be content to stand on the side of the road and yell for somebody else to help them? God forbid. There comes a point in time, friend, when you've got to get up off your tail and get in the road and keep them from getting hit by the car. Judgment day is coming. The train is on the tracks. We have got to tell people how to avoid a collision with the Almighty that they don't want to have. Don't spend time being afraid of what they'll think of you Maybe start thinking of what's going to happen to them if someone doesn't take them. I wrote about that in the newsletter this week. I read about this man who was standing on the side of the subway tracks and this person who was inebriated was tottering on the edge and he thought, uh-oh, and the dude falls into the pit in front of the subway car and everybody starts screaming, somebody help us, somebody help us. And the guy had a thought. If I don't jump down there, 
this man is going to die. And so he did. Saved that man's life. At some point in time, we can talk about doing evangelism. It's your job. Somebody do it. Somebody do it. There's going to come a time where you've got to think, if I don't do this, this person might die. Tell the man the truth. spend too much time complaining and not enough time thinking about how to tell people that this world is bad but there's a new world coming and the king of it has declared amnesty for anyone who would repent of their sin and follow him as Lord now but if they will not they cannot be in the kingdom and this world is the greatest place that they will ever know Philip went down to baptize this man from Ethiopia. And when he came up out of the water, Philip was translated away. He teleported to some other city. God needed him to preach in, I guess. There was this Ethiopian must have thought, well, that is the weirdest thing I've ever seen. According to church history, Irenaeus writing in the second century, this man, this eunuch of Candace's uh, treasurer, went back to Ethiopia with the first missionary there. And the faith of the Ethiopians, which has been there since the first century, is traced right back to this man. One person. Even here with us. What will become of them when their hearts are changed? They may not be the one through whom the entire country comes to know Jesus, but it might be just their sons and daughters. Ten billion years, ten billion billion years to hear how grateful they are that you told them about Jesus, that they could be there with you forever. Do this. Start praying about it. Start thinking about who can I tell the Lord about Jesus? Let's go to the Lord. Father, this morning we pray that you will help us to be great adorations. The Lord Jesus has died for sinners and risen from the dead, that whoever believes in him will never perish but have eternal life. And you have given to us this great privilege and duty. Tell others about your greatness. Lord, I pray for each person in here today that someone will be put on their mind, someone for whom your heart longs for them to come to repentance. And I pray that they will be the guide that this person needs to come to Christ. I pray that they will pray for them, pray for opportunities, and that, Lord, we will see many baptized because we just began to think, Lord, who can I help? Who can I be a guide for? Who can be my guide? Lord, help us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.